Hello, and thank you for standing by. Welcome to Marathon Patent Group Investor Update Conference Call. As a reminder, all participants are in a listen-only mode, and the conference is being recorded. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Jason Assad, Investor Relations with Marathon Patent Group. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good afternoon, and welcome to Marathon Patent Group's Investor Update Conference Call. With us today are Marathon's Founder and Chief Executive Officer, Doug Croxall, and Chief Financial Officer, Frank Nuttall. In addition, Charles Allen, Director of Global Bid Ventures, will be joining us for the Q&A portion of this call. Before I turn the call over to management, please remember that certain statements contained in this release are forward-looking statements within the meaning of the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Forward-looking statements contained in this release relate to, among other things, the effect of the global economic downturn on technology companies, the ability to successfully develop licensing programs that attract new business, rapid technological change in relevant markets, changes in demand for current and future intellectual property rights, legislative, regulatory, and competitive developments addressing licensing enforcement of patents and or intellectual property in general, and general economic conditions. They're generally identified by words such as believes, may, expects, anticipates, should, and similar expressions. Readers should not place undue reliance on such forward-looking statements, which are based upon the company's beliefs and assumptions as of the date of this release. The company's actual results could differ materially due to risk factors and other items described in more detail in the risk factor sections of the company's filings and reports with the Securities Exchange Commission, copies of which may be obtained at www.sec.gov. Subsequent events and developments may cause these forward-looking statements to change. The company specifically disclaims any obligation or intention to update or revise these forward-looking statements as a result of changed events or circumstances that occur after the date of this release, except as required by applicable law. Finally, this conference call is being webcast. The webcast link is available in the Investor Relations section of our website at www.marathonpg.com. With that, I'd like to now turn the call over to Marathon CEO, Doug Croxall. Doug? Thanks, Jason, and thank you, everyone, for joining us this afternoon to discuss Marathon Patent Group's Investor Update Conference Call. We'll be handling this call a little dif- differently than those in the past. Because of the recent announcement in which Marathon had disclosed that it had entered into agreements which are intended to lead to the acquisition of Global Bit Ventures Incorporated following satisfaction of a number of conditions, including shareholder approval to acquire 100% ownership of Global Bit Ventures Incorporated, a digital asset company that secures the blockchain by mining cryptocurrencies, we want to allow appropriate time to answer questions. While today we're clearly somewhat limited in discussing certain specific anticipated aspects of the contemplated transaction of Global Bit Ventures, we will do our best to try to accommodate. For this reason, Charles Allen will be joining us during the Q&A part of the call to answer general questions about the digital asset mining market. With the increasing difficulty landscape facing the patent monetization market, we previously expressed our intent to review alternative business directions with the goal of enhancing shareholder value. To position the company to be able to pursue other alternative business opportunities required considerable work to be accomplished to reduce the company's existing debt obligations. As such, Marathon entered into an agreement with DVD credit funding, which resulted in the retirement of 100% of our long-term debt as well as provided an arrangement with DVD for three of our patent portfolios. Under the restructuring agreement, 
Marathon's existing debt obligation of approximately $16 million was assumed by a newly formed entity controlled by DBD. Marathon was released from further obligation for the debt, as well as the funding of all actions related to the transferred portfolios. The transaction was approved by a vote of our shareholders, and the elimination of debt on our balance sheet is expected to be reflected in our annual report since the transaction closed in the fourth quarter. The restructuring agreement not only allowed for the elimination of the DVD debt, but also provides the possibility under certain circumstances that Marathon may receive a 30% net revenue share once DVD recovers its cost, certain management fees, repayment of debt amounts and premiums, among other things. The three portfolios transferred were Magnus IP, Traverse Technologies, and Dynamic Advances. The company retains ownership of its remaining portfolios but has reduced outlays associated with enforcing many of these portfolios in recognition of the changing patent landscape. Separately, the company entered into an agreement with investors for $5.5 million of convertible health fund strategic alternatives and other business pursuits, closing on which is subject to several conditions. The company received, the company received approximately $5.5 million in proceeds from its recent offering of securities, of which approximately $3.4 million remains in escrow pending satisfaction of a number of conditions, including approval of the investors to release the funds. The result of the aforementioned agreement with DBD, the reduced operating cash burn, combined with the new investment, resulted in a strengthened balance sheet with fresh capital, positioning Marathon to consummate the recently announced transaction involving Global Bit Ventures. Additional information on the aforementioned events is available in the company's previous form, 8K, and other filings. We believe taking advantage of new technology spurring a potential evolution in digital transactions conducted on blockchains is a desirable pursuit for the company that has the potential of enhancing shareholder value. Recent reports indicate that the cryptocurrency market as of 2017 is over $242 billion, up from $17 billion in recent years. The primary drivers of this growth include increased worldwide demand for accumulation of digital assets large new funds entering the market, and to a degree, expected adoption of blockchain and cryptocurrency, financial, and other industry transactions. On November 2nd of this year, Marathon announced that it entered into a definitive purchase agreement to acquire 100% ownership of Global Bit Ventures Incorporated. Global Bit Ventures currently owns 1,000 GPU mining servers capable of 250 gigahash per second of mining power for the mining of Ether on the Ethereum blockchain. Over the past few weeks, 700 servers were installed. Of those servers, 300 servers are running and producing revenue, while the remaining 400 servers are expected to be generating revenue imminently. The final 300 servers will be assembled and installed and are anticipated to come online shortly. In addition to the 1,000 servers capable of mining Ether, Global Bit Ventures plans to add 14 penahash per second of ASIC hashing servers for the mining of Bitcoin. Global Bit Ventures operates in a robust and low-cost data center infrastructure with significant capability for expansion. The contemplated combination upon completion would represent one of the only NASDAQ-listed publicly traded pure plays. Specific highlights of the transaction include robust infrastructure in place including 1,000 servers, with 250 gigahash per second of processing power, capable of mining Ethereum with significant uh, capability for expansion. 
planned addition of 1,300 Bitmain ASIC mining servers capable of mining 14 pentahash per second. State-of-the-art cryptocurrency mining facility located in Canada with a cool climate, stable jurisdiction, and low energy costs. And an accretive transaction expected to result in cash flow positive with gross margins initially expected, but subject to market forces of approximately 80%. A balance sheet with no debt and cash flow will be used to purchase additional mining servers and grow operations. We look forward to the closing of the acquisition of Global Bit Ventures in the next few months. That concludes my prepared remarks. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to Frank, our CFO, for a brief overview of our 2017 third quarter financial results. Immediately after, we will open up the call for an extended Q&A section. Frank? Thanks, Doug. Looking back at our recently announced third quarter results, we booked approximately $163,000 in revenues for the three months ended September 30, 2017, as compared to approximately $610,000 in revenues for the three months ended September 30, 2016. We generated the revenue for the third quarter with considerably lower cost of revenues and other operating expenses, which totaled approximately $4.1 million for the three months ended September 30, 2017, as compared to approximately $10.3 million for the three months ended September 30, 2016. More important than the financial results of the most recent quarter, however, we instituted a number of major initiatives to reduce expenses and outstanding indebtedness. Included in this is the reduction in staff and compensation, cancellation of the DBD indebtedness, cancellation of the remaining, the remaining convertible debt associated with the October 2014 debt issuance, cancellation of the oil and gas portfolio indebtedness, and the buyout of a significant amount of our accounts payable at a discount. Cancellation of the DBD indebtedness was the most meaningful of these initiatives and involved the cancellation of approximately $16 million of outstanding debt, as well as all revenue share obligations. In return, the company assigned to DBD three of the company's portfolios and received the revenue share payable to Marathon from those three portfolios after certain future revenue and cost thresholds are met. As a result of the debt reduction efforts, we were able to remove all of the historical financing debt from our balance sheet with the only remaining debt being a convertible note we entered into in August of this year in the amount of $5.5 million. At the same time, operating costs have been reduced considerably, with such costs being phased in during the fourth quarter of this year. We ended the third quarter of 2017 with unrestricted cash totaling $0.1 million and restricted cash totaling $3.9 million as compared to unrestricted cash of $5 million as of December 31, 2016. Turning to capitalization, as of September 30, 2017, we had approximately 7.8 million weighted average basic shares outstanding versus approximately 4.6 million weighted average basic and diluted shares outstanding as of December 31, 2016. Looking forward to the announced merger with GBV, we expect to issue approximately 127 million shares of common stock pursuant to the terms of the merger agreement whereby Marathon's existing shareholders will own 19% of the fully diluted ownership of the combined entity. In addition, we expect to be filing a Form S-4 pursuant to a proxy filing and shareholder meeting. We expect the shareholder meeting to occur during the first quarter of 2018, at which time Marathon shareholders will, among other standard proxy items included in an annual meeting, have the right to vote on the merger agreement with GBV. Thank you all for your attention. Operator, you may now open the call for questions. 
At this time, we will be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star key. One moment, please, while we poll for questions. Our first question is from Phil Kopierowski, TCS. Please proceed with your question. Andrew, two deals you worked the, the vesting of the debt and the uh, the uh, proposed uh, deal you're working with uh, GBV. Um, are you able to give us any kind of guidance on what type of uh, revenue forecast or when you might be able to break even on the deal with uh, GBV, assuming it goes through as planned? Uh, Phil, this is Doug Croxell. We'd love to give you that guidance, but we simply cannot do that at this time. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Our next question is from Scott Norrison, who is an investor. Please proceed with your question. Hi, can I, you uh, inform us of how many employees Marathon currently employs total, full-time and part-time? Thank you. We have uh, three current employees um, uh, with Marathon at this time. Scott, do you have any other questions? That, that was it. Okay. Our next question is from Andrew Kipa, ZMT Trading. Please proceed with your question. Hi, my question is I'm looking at your press release regarding your global fit ventures acquisition, and I see that you're going to transfer 126 million shares of your current company to purchase this company. My question is the following. I'm doing the math and seeing that the stock traded near six and a half, and you are then effectively paying uh, over $700 million for global bid ventures. I'm wondering, and I know on the call you didn't provide any guidance as far as cash flow, except that you would be cash flow positive, but $725 million worth of stock sounds to me like a very large sum of money. Um, and if you could further elaborate on why you're spending so much money acquiring this company. Uh, Andrew, this is Doug Croxell. So we can't really get into the discussions of projected revenue and break-even and cash flow and earnings potential. Um, you know, we're going to be filing the S-4 relatively soon, and I think things will start to become apparent as to the value that, we're, that Marathon is getting. Um, in the GBV transaction, but at this point, it's just we're we're really kind of hand our hands are really tied about what we can say um, to that effect. Uh, can I give a follow up? Yeah, go ahead. So you say currently 300 servers are up and running, and you're going to be a pure play. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my hands around the fact that you're going to be paying this exorbitant sum of money 
Um, and I know you can't give any revenue guidance or cash flow guidance or anything of that sort. But um, as a shareholder of the company, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm scratching my head as to trying to see where the value is really going to be. Uh, and if you can provide any guidance whatsoever, it's just, it just, uh, it, it's hard for me to comprehend. And then, uh, and I see when the announcement was made back in November, the stock was roughly a dollar a share. And now it's moved to six and a half. So I'm wondering if, if there's a possibility of rethinking the amount of shares that you're going to use. You know, we're not getting, we're, so thank you for the follow up. We're, we're, number one, we're not going to comment on what the share price was then, what the share price is now, or why the share price may have moved or why it had moved so late after the announcement. And again, I'll just reiterate that we see tremendous value in what we're buying and what the market has to offer going forward. And I think that will become apparent to the shareholders when the S-4 is filed. Thank you. You're welcome. Our next question is from Navid Darabi, who is an investor. Please proceed with your question. That line just dropped. So our next question comes from Janelle Smith, Destined Glam Beauty. Please proceed with your question. Hey, yeah, I basically just wanted to get, um, I just invested my money into the stock. Um, I read up on it, but I just wanted to just get um, a description of what it is exactly that the company does and what it has to offer. Um, when I did read on it, I did see something about patents. So I just wanted um, just to get a, be a little bit more confident in what I'm putting on the store. Uh, hi, Janelle. This is Doug. So I would um, strongly encourage you to read um, our SEC filings and our investor presentations that are available on our website. Um, Marathon Patent Group has traditionally been in the business of patent licensing. Um, the company that we're buying, Global Bit Ventures, is in a different business, and that is the business of digital asset and cryptocurrency mining. Um, they're very different businesses with very different risk and reward profiles. And so I, I would encourage you um, to do a bit of reading to um, continue to learn about Marathon and Global Bit Ventures. Our next question comes from Brett Rice, Janie Montgomery Scott. Please proceed with your question. Yeah, hi. Um, the companies that are doing similar things to the Global Bit Ventures, um, how many GPUs, you know, do they have? So this is Doug. Um, I've got Charles Allen on the line with me as well. I don't know if though that information is been made available. I'm not sure what other companies you're referring to. Charles, do you have any knowledge about some of the competitors and what GPUs power they have? Um, there are obviously a lot of other competitors in the space. Uh, with respect to um, you know public companies where that information is is available for us to research, it's um, it's limited. There is um, one uh, company in uh, uh, in Canada or listed in Canada on the TSX. The ticker is Hive. Uh, I don't recall off the top of my head what the what their um, current 
you know, process, number of servers they have and processing power, I could go look it up, but I don't think they're online with a lot of their equipment. Um, so a lot of it is just, um, you know, plans. On the private side, companies that are in the business typically do not disclose their operations. So we don't really have, you know, color on, um, you know, who are the major players in the private market. They don't make it, they tend not to make themselves available. Now, Mr. Allen, are, are you going to be mining Bitcoin as your cryptocurrency or or another cryptocurrency that will compete with Bitcoin? So we are currently running 300 uh, servers that are online. Uh, we have 700 installed, as Doug mentioned. Those servers are GPU-based servers, so they're uh, currently mining Ethereum. Uh, or Ether, which is uh, the token on Ethereum's blockchain. We plan to add 14 petahash of um, ASIC servers, application-specific integrated circuits, which could mine on Bitcoin's blockchain. Both of those are, you know, ASIC and GPU-based servers can also mine on other digital asset blockchains in addition to uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. So those are possibilities as well. Right, right. Now, do you purchase these servers do you lease them you know what how, how does that work so we purchase the servers and we have on the gpu side we um uh, are having them uh, custom assembled the servers that mine bitcoin's blockchain or asic servers are typically uh, off the shelf there's one major company in the space called bitmain uh, which is the major supplier of uh, asic servers right now the GPU-based ones, you have to basically um, custom build uh, and configure software yourself. All right. Mr. Allen, how long uh, the, the company we're attempting to, you know, your company we're attempting to purchase, how long have you been doing this? How, how long has the company been in existence? I don't, can we answer that? I don't know if that's been uh, publicly disclosed. Yeah. Brett, I think that, that information is kind of specific to GBV, and I think we'll we'll want to wait for the S4 to come out. It'll all be in the S4. I mean, Charles, if you want to talk about your history, your bio, I think that's fine. But specific to GBV, I'd prefer that that information be disclosed through the S4 SEC. All right. Tell us a little about yourself, Chris Allen. So I, I've been in the <coughs> – um, in the mining business, um, starting in late 2014, um, I'm the, the, the CEO of BTCS, uh, the, the first public company in the space, and we entered the, the Bitcoin mining space back in um, at the end of 2014, and you know grew that business from about 30,000 revenue to um, you know on a trailing basis um, just under a million. And the, the market was different at that time. I think the market is much better uh, today than it was then. You know, the price of Bitcoin was around that time hovering about $200 per U.S. per, per Bitcoin. Uh, Ethereum was about, you know, seven at that during that time frame. So the market is very, very different than it than it was then. So it's a space I've been in um, for quite some time. Right. And what attracted you to do this uh, this potential deal with Marathon? Yeah, were, were you in discussions with anyone else? Um, the you know we were, when we were approached by with, with this opportunity, it seemed it seemed like it was a good fit. So you know we uh, we decided to move forward. 
Okay, I'll drop back in queue. Thank you. Thank you. As a reminder, we are now conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star key. One moment, please, while we poll for questions. Our next question comes from Nick Calabrese, who is an investor. Please proceed with your question. Nick, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I had a question yep. for the acquisition of the company you guys are purchasing. Uh, is there a formula based on how you guys are acquiring it with the share price? Is it on a certain date? Is it a weighted average over a certain day period, or is that undisclosed? It was uh, associated and predicated on a fixed exchange ratio of shares, um, and that fixed exchange ratio will remain constant or is expected to remain constant. Okay, but with this uh, this rising share price now, uh, how does that affect the deal? I know you can't get into particulars, but uh, I know typically if it worked on a weighted day average from a certain date to a certain date or to, you know, I just find it kind of unbelievable that you guys are going to issue with the amount of shares, unless it's a fixed dollar amount, which then the actual issuance of shares will be altered now, right? Even though I assume yeah. the, the stock price will be tanking now. I haven't really checked, but, you know, based on this conference call, it doesn't look too positive. But any guidance or any follow-up on that you can give me? No, I mean, the agreement is the agreement. It, we can't go and do it. I know, but for the 126 million shares, that stands as is. Is there a certain date that that was, you know, agreed upon and what day, you know, it takes effect? Well, it's... it's you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. It's subject to shareholder approval, so it takes effect when the shareholders affirmatively vote to close the transaction. I cannot predict when that will be. We have an SEC okay. process we have to go through, so we're expecting it to occur, some, occur sometime in January, February. It could... It could take longer. It's just subject to things that are outside of the marathon and GBV's control. And until you have a chance to see what we're actually buying by reading the S4, it's really yeah. hard to make determination as to whether we're under or overpaying for something. Our next question comes from Greg Greenberg, who is an investor. Please proceed with your question. Uh, thank you, and uh, congratulations on your um, acquisition plan. My question is simply, given that I thought I heard there will be about 18% of the combined company in the hands of the marathon investors and the outstanding shares at this point is around $6.8 how do we wind up with an additional, I don't know, 15 or 17 or 18 million shares? What, what is the mechanism for that? And how has that calculated, or maybe I'm missing something. Thank you. Sure. So uh, one update is, as of the filing of our queue, um, a little more than a week ago, we had uh, 8.7 million shares of stock outstanding. The difference uh, from there is related to all of the convertible instruments, uh, which include convertible debt that we entered into in August of this year as well as 
uh, warrants issued in uh, the December 2016 financing, among others, uh, and uh, stock options uh, issued to employees, consultants, et cetera. So the difference between the current outstanding number of shares and the totality is related to the convertible instrument. So is the is the um, totality approximately 23 or 24 million shares, and we're at 8.7? So then my next question would be with the convertible debt, what is the is the um, how is the conversion price determined, and are investors who own it able to convert it um, on an ongoing basis? Uh, they are able to convert on an ongoing basis, and it's uh, convertible predicated on the formula embedded in the note agreement itself, which was filed with the SEC, uh, and is um, dependent um, on the market price uh, or a fixed floor. Okay. So is there a maximum amount of shares that could actually be, or I should say a minimum number of shares? that may be uh, created as a consequence of that financing? Would that be available to know without my digging it out? So there's uh, turning turning the equation the other way. There is a maximum number of shares. Um, okay. Theoretically, the minimum number of shares uh, is a variable that declines as uh, the price would potentially increase. So the higher the stock price, the lower the um, – the uh, the rate. Okay, so could you tell me? I guess maybe after the call, I can find you could perhaps direct me to the right documents for you know to be able to uh, read and get a handle on it. I guess my next question is related to the timing of the merger, um, which I believe you mentioned was several months away because it requires um, approval by both boards and I guess other. Um, other other uh, I, don't, I don't other other requirements. Now right. this all will be in your S four. Can we have some estimated time when the S four will be available? Is it a month, a week, a two months? Do you have any any uh, sense? Because the information, the financials about the uh, uh, blockchain company aren't available. Will all of that be available at that time? So that we can better understand the valuation process and what the yeah. uh, the, the prognosis is going forward. Yes, Greg, this is Doug speaking. Yeah, we've been working on the S four uh, around the clock, including through the holiday and holiday weekend. Um, you know, we hope to have that on file imminently. I, I mean, it's again, it's it's a little bit outside of our total control as we have auditors um, and attorneys um, and boards reviewing everything that we do. But our anticipation is that we'll have the S-4 on file sometime in the next two to three weeks, roughly. Could take longer, could be shorter. Um, and then depending on, you know, how what kind of review we get from the SEC, you know, we hope to have uh, a shareholder vote, which would be the final approval, sometime in either January or February, preferably. Okay. Will you do a, have a PowerPoint available at that time when you um, do the filing for the investors to, you know, to understand this better? Or I guess you don't know it at, at this point. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we'll have, you know, the S4 we have, and we have a presentation on global 
Bit Ventures that I believe okay. is on the on um, web page, so you can certainly download that as well. Um, and you know, we'll keep we'll keep the uh, investors and the public market informed of other material developments as they occur. Okay, well that's great. And I guess the last thing I would just make a suggestion on a wish list that when you do file, the company files the S4, perhaps you um, arrange for another conference call so that investors can ask questions and get better clarification. Thank you very much, and I uh, wish you good luck and good fortune with this venture. Thank you, Greg. Our next question comes from Josh Kadev, who is an investor. Please proceed with your question. Hey, guys, how's it going? Uh, question for you. In the November 2nd press release, uh, there's a stat, and I think you guys repeated it today, that said that GBV currently owns 250 gigahash per second of mining power. Um, I'm just trying to square that with uh, stuff I'm looking at online. It looks like the base Bitmain Antminer S9, uh, which has a hash rate of 13 terahash per second, which is, I think, 50 times that 250 gigahertz, gigahash per second, costs less than $2,000. So I'm trying to figure out how your entire server load totals 250 gigahash per second. Am I, am I misunderstanding something there? I think you're confusing the two different – we have 1,000 servers that, that will be mining Ether, and then we have, we have planned addition of 1,300 servers that will be mining Bitcoin. So I think you're confusing the two, 250 giga hash, um, which is for those are that's the GPUs that are mining ether. You're confusing that 250 giga, giga hash per second with um, what we're going to eventually add um, on the Bitcoin side. Charles, do I have that correct? That, that's correct. So the, the 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 Bitcoin mining servers, the Bitmains, are quoted in terahash per second. And, you know, that's, that's how you get to the, I think they're about, uh, uh, 14 terahash per second, um, for each, uh, Bitmain S9, um, and that adds up to the, you know, the 14, uh, petahash for the Bitcoin and the thousand servers that are GPU servers are approximately, you know, 250, um, megahash per second, which adds up to the, uh, 250 gigahash per second. Hopefully that that provides you some clarity. Sure, sure. So you're basically talking about a thousand of the Bitcoin miners um, and a thousand of the uh, Ether miners. So how much do the Ethereum miners? What's the value of those? What's the cost of those? So it's it's actually a thousand of the Ethereum miners, and should be approximately thirteen hundred of the Bitcoin uh, miners. Which um, that's the planned addition. The thousand we currently own. Uh, of which 700 are installed as of today and 300 are running. So I don't think we've disclosed the cost associated uh, with those. So I don't, I don't think we can, we can do that on this call, Doug, unless you, you, you disagree. No, we can't get into the, that kind of minutia, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Thanks, guys. Ladies and gentlemen. We have reached the end of the question and answer session, and I would like to turn the call back over to Doug Croxville for closing comments. I'd like to thank everybody um, who has been supportive and following Marathon Patent Group. We're very excited about what we have in front of us with Global Bit Ventures. 
we've been working around the clock to try to get the transaction closed as quickly as possibly. Um, we will provide more information when available, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you. This concludes today's conference. You may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation.